Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Asselson, and thank you for joining me here on Locked On Coyotes. Now, Locked On Coyotes is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back for week number five now. We're a month into the NHL season, uh, or almost a month in the NHL season. We're actually two days away from being a month into the podcast as uh, the Coyotes are rolling at the moment, 6-3-1, and one, and a team that is doing a really good job of finding ways to win. And they did exactly that on Friday as they headed to New Jersey for uh, Game 3 of this four-game road trip to New York and the New Jersey area. Um, and it was a game that didn't start out very well, but definitely finished the way the Coyotes wanted. And really a game that the Coyotes didn't control all that much, which was shocking. I think they looked a little tired, which nobody can blame them. It's a team that's played... At that point, that was their third game in four nights. They had been on the road since uh, Sunday prior, so uh, they've been away from the Valley of the Sun for what is now eight days. At that point, it was five days, but still a long time to be away from home and playing such a physical game like hockey. Uh, and again, didn't start out very well for them. Sammy Votnin scored at 16:29, and then Jack Hughes scored at 18:26. So uh, two goals in a minute and 57 seconds, but. What was really big for the Coyotes is they got Nick Schmaltz. He scored uh, with 17 seconds to go at 19.43. And then uh, right out of the gate in the second period, a shorthanded goal finally for the Coyotes. They had so many chances to start the year. Uh, didn't have any shorthanded goals yet, but they finally get the first one of the season for them as Michael Grabner scores at uh, 2.01 of the second period. And that ties the game, but... Didn't stay tied for too much longer. 11 minutes later, Pavel Zaka scores his second. Zaka, former first-round pick, hasn't come out to fruition like the Devils would have hoped, but this could be maybe a turnaround season. He's played um, in, the, in some different situations. He's played a little bit with Hughes. Um, so he gets his second of the season. And uh, take a look at right after that, I mean, not even a minute later, it was uh, 30 or 29 seconds to be exact. Oliver Ekman Larson scores his second of the season to tie the game right back up. As that uh, was a pretty high flying game for a good uh, 20 minute game time stretch there, starting with the Vodden goal, ending with the Oliver Ekman Larson goal. Nobody else scored in the rest in the second. And then the big one that everybody's been waiting for Barrett Hayton, his first. Goal of his NHL career coming at 1.45 of the third period. So didn't get a chance for the Devils to even settle into the third period before the Coyotes were able to cash in another one. And then Clayton Keller also scoring his first goal of the season as he picks up an empty net goal at 18.20. So the Coyotes putting away the Devils. The Devils struggling with goaltending. It doesn't matter if it's Corey Schneider or if it's Mackenzie Blackwood. They just can't find a way to get the job done in net. And you got to feel bad for the Devils. I mean, they've, they're have they putting up the offensive numbers. They have the points. They have the guys. And it's just really a matter of their back end and their goaltending. And it's a reason they're still sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. And the Rangers and the Devils, the teams that were 1-2 in the draft this past year, again, sitting back at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, hanging out down there with Ottawa and with Detroit. And, it's unfortunate, especially for New Jersey. Taylor Hall, it's his contract year. It's pretty clear that he, he wants to win, and if he doesn't feel that New Jersey is committed to winning, that 
he's going to leave, and the Devils, I don't think they're going to want to really give up, you know, lose Hall for nothing. And I know they traded him for Adam Larson, and Adam Larson uh, is nowhere near valuable of the player that Taylor Hall is. Now, that's nothing against Larson, but the thing about Larson is he's a solid NHL defenseman. And if you're the Devils, you gave up a, a guy who's a top four defenseman for a guy for a long-term rental player. Uh, so they've got to find a way to either convince him that this is the place for him or find a way to get him dealt and, and get a good package. Now it's going to be a little bit harder this year. Obviously they, the, the moves they made, you felt that they were going to be a little bit better. They didn't address the goaltending situation. But for the Coyotes, I think it's one of those where – or for the Devils, excuse me, where a couple wins turns the season around. They have the offensive talent. If they can get Mackenzie Blackwood or Corey Schneider, they just need one goalie to kind of settle in. This is a situation that we saw two years ago with Dallas where they missed the playoffs basically due to goaltending. And then um, this last season when you saw Florida with how often they scored, they just couldn't get into the playoffs because of their goaltending situation. Now they threw $10 million at Sergei Bobrovsky. That hasn't been 100% successful yet, but the Panthers are on a roll right now. So... Maybe you see the Devils go out and maybe make a drastic move for a goaltender. Coyotes might have one available. I don't think at this point they'd give one up, but um, maybe the Devils call and make the right offer that the Coyotes would bite. And then, uh, so for the Devils, a tough ride. But I think the biggest news of uh, this particular game, the Coyotes, 17 shots on goal. That was it. They only had 17 shots compared to New Jersey's 35. So they were more than doubled up in shots and still found a way to win. And now that reminds me of, as I was watching the game on Friday, it kind of reminded me of the game that they had played last year, pretty similar to uh, the one this last Friday when they went to Minnesota. Uh, early, Earlier in the season, it was uh, November 27th of 2018, and... They finished the game 14 shots. They only had 14 shots on goal, and they still won 4-3. to three. Uh, three third-period goals, one from Josh Archibald at 3.07, Michael Grabner at 7.02, and then Archibald again. He scored in that game. That was the first two goals of the season for him. Um, and then, so Josh Archibald, this is again in that Minnesota game last year, scored at 8.39 of the third period. The Coyotes did not record a shot after that moment, but they did end up winning the hockey game and again it was something similar to this where you know they they went out they got dominated they looked a little tired but they capitalized when they needed to and sure they were playing a team that defensively and especially net are a little more vulnerable but that's what you have to do if you're a good team right you can take advantage of situations nobody feels bad for you in the NHL sure the Coyotes had a lot of injuries but no team's going to feel sorry for them uh, last year that is so it's uh one of those things where with the Coyotes, they've been able to capitalize on situations that have been put in front of them, and they will be able to, we'll see if they can continue that as they roll on and hope for a playoff season. So the Coyotes are wrapping up their four-game road trip again to New York. Currently 2-1 and one on that road trip, the only loss coming to the Islanders who by the way, we'll get into that uh, in just a little bit when uh, we we'll take a look at the NHL standings. But, man, the Islanders are on a roll at the moment. So even though it's a loss, not a bad loss in terms of uh, 
teams you're losing to. And if, if big if, the Coyotes are to lose to the Sabres tonight, it uh, wouldn't be a bad loss either. The Sabres back to a hot start again. They did this last year and then kind of fell off after the Christmas break. But um, it it's weird. You, you don't want to say that they are going to fall off, but it definitely feels unsustainable to say. I mean, Jack Eichel at 16 points. Olafson, the outstanding rookie at 10, Reinhardt at 10, Darlene at 10, and then Skinner and Johansson at 8. I think they definitely have some more depth, especially at center, bringing in Marcus Johansson. That was a great move for them. Um, but Carter Hutton looks great, and he did last year. He did at the beginning of last year, but um, he definitely kind of fell off a cliff, so he's going to have to keep it together. Linus Olmark's look good, too. He's played in five games. It's been almost a split. Hart, Hutton with seven starts, seven games. Olmark with five starts, five games. So nobody's gotten pulled yet for the Sabres, and it's hard to pull your goalie when you're not losing very often. When you take a look at the standings, I mean, Buffalo, 9-2-1. and one, That's the best in the Eastern Conference. The Capitals do have 19 points, but they are 8-2-3. and three. So, by virtue of more wins, Sabres technically on top of the East at the moment. And again, it's early, 12 games in. But uh, for the Sabres, they're, they're rolling. Uh, the Coyotes, again, are good at playing good teams. And we've seen that a lot. We saw it when uh, they went out and they played the Islanders. They competed in that game. I never thought that they were out severely outplayed, at least at any part of that game. Uh, it was just kind of the Islanders willed their way, especially in that third period. And when you look at that Anders Lee goal, he got in front of Goligoski and just kind of boxed out. So Coyotes are good at playing really good teams. And you have, again, uh, as Rick Flair would once say, you got to be the best, you got to beat the best. And the Coyotes right now taking on the best in the Eastern Conference. And now i got to take a little bit of a deeper look. That might actually be the best record in the NHL, and it is, is in the West. Colorado at 17, Edmonton also at 17. So uh, the best record in the entire National Hockey League at the moment for the Sabres. That's who the Coyotes go up against, and, and it's big. The Coyotes win, and they've played three less games than pretty much everybody in their division that's in front of them at the moment. Uh, Vegas, Anaheim, Calgary have all played 13. Edmonton's played 12, so... Uh, for the Coyotes, a win here pushes them up into third place in the Pacific. They'd have 15 points, one right behind Vegas. Uh, Edmonton hasn't looked uh, particularly spectacular recently. Um, you know, still looking good. They did put together in a pretty impressive comeback win against the Capitals, but uh, the Coyotes, if they can go out and, and they can beat the Sabres, really compete with a, a tough team and, and a team that's really rolling right now. And I think it's a team that really wants to make sure they don't do the same thing they did last year, where they come out, they start hot, and then all of a sudden they fall off a table after the midway point of the season and are really spiraled out of control. They weren't even uh, competing in the playoff race. but uh, So the Sabres really want to make sure that they're keeping it together and I think it's a team that wants to make sure that when they build that momentum, they want to keep it. And um, I think they're going to start stacking as many points as they can early on. Again, this Sabres team, I'm worried about the sustainability. 
not that you need to be like the Oilers where you have two guys who have 100 points like McDavid and Dreisaitl, but uh, they're getting some pretty good contribution. A three guy again, like we talked about, three guys with ten. Jeff Skinner with eight after they paid him a lot of money. That was another guy who started off extremely hot. He was playing better than Eichel was at the start of last year, and then he really fell off the table in terms of production. So for the Sabers, the team that wants to continue the role the way that they're playing right now, um, when you look at some of the basic stats for Buffalo, plus twelve goal differential. They haven't lost a game at home yet. They're five and zero. So all of their losses, uh, the two and one part of their record, uh, come on the road. But even on the road, they're four two and one. So uh, coming off a win over Detroit, uh, had a, uh, three days off since that point as they played on Friday, just like the Coyotes did. So both teams coming in uh, with a little bit of rest and with a similar schedule too. The Sabers had traveled up to, or should I say, down to. Madison Square Garden to play the Rangers on Thursday. They made the trip to Michigan to play Detroit, and then now they're back home. So both teams on equal rest in terms of days and hours. But the Coyotes, again, they've been on the road. You just hope they can put together a really good effort against, right now, the league's best team. And just don't come out with a lot of energy. Looked a little tired against New Jersey. Again, understandable. They played a really tough game the night before against arguably the league's hottest team. Sure, Buffalo might have the the best record, but the Islanders on a six-game win or seven-game win streak, excuse me, that was extended with their win over Philadelphia. So uh, the Islanders, seven of their eight wins have come in this entire streak. So, And with the Islanders, they started, again, one and three, didn't look too promising, but they have turned on the gas and are right behind both the Capitals and the Sabres. So the Coyotes have had a couple days rest, probably got a chance to maybe explore Buffalo a little bit more, um, get a chance to relax, really to take some time, enjoy the road trip. And I think the way it came out, and obviously before the season starts, you never know what teams are going to be good, but you got a chance to play two teams that are really down on their luck. Um, You started the road trip with a team that was down on their luck, and then in the second night of a back-to-back, a team that is really struggling to find themselves. Um, So the Coyotes have, the way the schedule has kind of bounced for them so far, which in the past it hasn't bounced so kindly, um, they've gotten a chance now. I think if you talk about uh, if that doubleheader or the the back-to-back is reversed where they go play New Jersey first and then they play the Islanders, I mean, I still think they might put out a better effort against New Jersey, but having to play a team like the Islanders in, in the second night of a back-to-back would be tough. So the schedule has worked out for them, and in previous years it hasn't. But uh, the Coyotes, as recording time here, probably about 45 minutes away from puck drop. We'll get this online pretty quickly. Uh, just need to go out there, play a simple road game. They've gotten a couple days to rest to really get themselves together, and we'll see what kind of performance they put on uh, in Buffalo. As the team gears up for their game against the Sabres coming up in about half an hour or so, um, we take a quick look at the some news and notes from the team, both coming from Craig Morgan of The Athletic and the team's official Twitter itself. Um, taking a look at Craig Morgan, he didn't have anything too crazy in terms of uh, updates. Uh, the road trip's been pretty smooth in terms of Injury and lineup changes. Again, Brad Richardson was out 
on Friday against the Devils. Hayton was in. He scored his first career NHL goal. That's going to be the case again tonight. No Richardson, according to Craig Morgan. Um, still day to day with the upper body injury. Maybe uh, just give him a couple, a little bit of rest. Uh, definitely a good excuse to get Hayton back in the lineup and not have to sit anybody out to healthy scratch anybody. And uh, Craig Morgan did say Richardson skated uh, this morning at an optim- optional morning skate, end quote. So uh, Richardson skating, it's not serious enough to where it might be long-term. Again, day-to-day. And he uh, maybe we'll see him back against Montreal. Again, a good excuse to get some rest for uh, an older veteran, a guy who, who knows how to win, who's been in a couple Stanley Cup finals. Um, especially if you're a team that down the stretch you feel like you're going to make a playoff run and, and get into the playoffs, you want a guy like Brad Richardson as healthy as possible. And if it's a chance to throw Barrett Hayton in there a little bit, get a chance to play the league's best team in terms of standings. Uh, so Hayton will be in. Also another quick change, Capo Bianco out, uh, Aaron Ness in. Now no word on whether that's injury-related. I don't think it is. Uh, maybe just a chance to get Capo uh, Bianco some rest. And maybe uh, no reports had come out that Rick Tockett was displeased with his game. But uh, get Ness in, get Capo Bianco maybe some time to, to watch a little bit. Sometimes you see the game a little bit better when you're watching from above. So Capo Bianco gets the night off, and it will be Ness in. No update on Jordan Osterley quite yet. Uh, still dealing with some concussion symptoms. Uh, so uh, that's from Craig Morgan. Some of his updates from earlier today, taking a look at uh, the Coyotes' official Twitter feed. Uh, just like Craig Morgan had listed earlier, Darcy Kemper will be the starter for tonight. So um, Coyotes' uh, Twitter had confirmed that about an hour ago when they threw the goalie matchup up there. A uh, little graphic, even though Hutton has the better record, 934 save percentage, 188 goals against average for Kemper to Hutton's 920227 uh, mark. But Hutton does have two shutouts. Darcy Kemper does not have one quite yet. Maybe tonight is the night that he gets it. Um, another interesting tidbit that was released on the Coyotes' Twitter. Uh, between the three affiliates, the Coyotes, the AHL's Roadrunners, and the ECHL's Rapid City Rush, uh, combined for a 17-5-2-0 start. So uh, through the organization, uh, depth is it's deep. It's deep, and that was not something you've, you saw. I mean, even three, four years ago, it was not not in a good place for the Coyotes. So 17-5-2. Uh, so only seven losses total throughout uh, the organization when you look at the, the top three affiliates including the NHL one being the Coyotes and of those seven total losses the Coyotes have four of them so obviously you'd hope that those losses would be spread out a little bit more about the the minor leagues but hey I mean well the Coyotes are now six three and one it's good enough if the season were to end a gay today it'd be a wild card spot and one tonight jumps them back up into third place in the Pacific Speaking of that Pacific Division, we'll take a quick look at it. Again, we mentioned a little bit ago, Edmonton still in the lead there at 17 points. Vegas at 16, Anaheim at 14, but Anaheim has not looked too hot. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10, so had a good start. Um, but since then, it has just been downhill. They started out 3-0, and 
Still looking good at home though. They're only four. They're four and one, but on the road three and five. So Anaheim uh, quickly falling from grace. Uh, Calgary again. I didn't think Calgary was going to be that great of a team this season. Uh, minus three goal differential. Riddich has struggled. Lost the Heritage Classic to Winnipeg in a shootout on Saturday. Though taking a look at Calgary's record, four one and one at home. So uh, they're playing well. A lot of the teams in the Pacific that are you know, in the top five teams, obviously, since Calgary and Arizona occupying those wild card spots as it sits, playing well at home. Edmonton five at one, five and one. Anaheim four and one. Calgary four four and one. The Coyotes three and one. Uh, Vegas at four and three at home, but they are four and two on the road. So um, they have the best road record out of uh, the top five in the Pacific. Now, right behind the Coyotes are the Canucks. They are at uh, the same record, six three and one. Uh, for 13 points plus 10 goal differential uh, the reason the coyotes are listed above them uh, regulation and overtime wins coyotes all six of those have come in that whereas two of vancouver's six wins have come in a shootout so again everybody ends up playing 82 games at the end of the year but it's a nice little nice little factor that when you look in the standings the coyotes are sitting in a playoff spot which i mean in the last couple of years 10 games in wasn't necessarily the case. Well, last year they had that good five-game stretch, uh, but especially two years ago when they just couldn't buy a win. Uh, nice to see the Coyotes sitting there. And then you take a look, San Jose, a real tough loss to the Senators last night. They've lost uh, two in a row on the road, two, five, and one. So it has been an ugly start away from uh, SAP. Not too much better at the Shark Tank. They're 2-2, two and two, but um, play Boston, the East statistically third best team, but they've been the most impressive team I've seen so far. They just look like they're back in form, and, and they want to get back to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, looks like they're playing like the taste is still sour in their mouths from uh, the way it finished last year, and then the Kings occupying the basement. They had a good little stretch there where they were – Playing some competitive games, but uh, it's been pretty overwhelming for them the last week. They've lost three in a row. They lost to Chicago 5-1 to one last night. Um, and the day before that, they got spanked by Minnesota 5-1. to one. So that scored 10-2 to over the weekend. Not good for the morale for L.A., but I think everybody knew where they were going to be at. Uh, Minnesota, a little bit of a surprise. I didn't think they were going to be as bad as they're sitting right now, but... I didn't think anybody had much hope for them. Um, Chicago, same thing. Uh, Brent Seabrook got scratched. I think defensively they might just be too overwhelmed. Corey Crawford hasn't looked great. I have a feeling that Robin Leonard might be getting some more starts. He's played exceptional. And they brought him in because they needed some goaltending help. And he was good in New York last season. And all of a sudden he just – they. I get – wanting to be loyal to Corey Crawford for what he's done for that organization. But at some point, you just got to know who's going to give you the best chance to win right now. That is Robin Leonard. But, again, early in the season, Blackhawks are at eight points right now, uh, five points out of what would be a, a playoff spot. So, I mean, two wins get you right back into the race. So don't count Chicago out quite yet, especially with how good they are offensively. But they've yet to win a road game. They've only played twice on the road, which is insane. Uh, they've already played eight games at home to start the season. And uh, when you take a look at the Coyotes, on the other hand, and this has happened a lot. So they're playing a lot of road games early on. They've played four at home so far. They'll be back on Wednesday 
um, and Saturday to take on Montreal and Colorado respectively. But right now at 3-2-1, and one, that's six games on the road. Tonight's will be seven. So it's kind of crazy that Chicago has played eight at home already versus a team like the Coyotes who played seven on the road. But as you get into at the end of the season, it means the road trips are, are fewer and further between, and the Coyotes knocking out a road trip that's haunted them in the past. Still got to go to Boston where they just, for whatever reason, cannot get the job done in Boston. But getting a critical road trip out of the way and could be going home 3-1. and one. Uh, Take a look at some scores real quick around the NHL in terms of tonight. There's only one other game. The team, again, same record as the Coyotes, taking on the Florida Panthers who are streaking at the moment. The Panthers look fantastic. So uh, that'll be a really good game to watch. And I don't know... Many people would have said that at the start of the year, that Panthers-Canucks would have been interesting. I've always been really high on the Panthers. I think last year, if they even had a mid-level goaltender, now that, you can't blame that on Luongo. He was a little bit older. He was hurt. Reimer wasn't very good for them either. So um, even if they had some sort of mid-level goaltender, they would have made the playoffs. Uh, they finally have uh, a top goaltender in Bobrovsky. Um, once he really starts to lock in, that'll be a, a really good team to be on the lookout for. So only two games tonight chance for the Coyotes to separate themselves from the Canucks a little bit or for the Coyotes and Canucks to really overtake uh, the Pacific Division. So, again, everybody plays 82 games at the end of the year, but it's always good to get those points early so you don't have to look back and say what could have been like the Coyotes did last year. So um, about uh, half an hour before puck drops, so we'll cut it off here. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be recapping the Buffalo game, update on some news and notes. Um, Coyotes will be traveling back most likely tonight. They'll have the day off tomorrow in terms of games and come back and play um, the Montreal Canadiens on Wednesday before hosting the Avs on Saturday. So if you want to follow the show on Twitter, it is at LO underscore Coyotes. Once again, that is at LO underscore Coyotes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, that is at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N. Once again, that is at S-Askelson96, S-A-S-K. E-L-S-O-N-9-6. Appreciate you joining me here on the show. We'll be back tomorrow because Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Coyotes, it is your team every day.